You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. Open your Bible at Luke chapter 4 and Leviticus 25. And so we've been having a look in the mornings about the rest of God. So in Hebrews chapter 4, there's a promise that remains of entering His rest. Everybody say, His rest. And verse 3, we who have believed do enter that rest. Look at verse 4, for he was spoken, he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. God rested on the seventh day from all his works and again in this place. And so when we talk about the seventh day, you probably heard the word Sabbath. That's what we're doing in the mornings. We find out what really is the Sabbath, the Sabbath as we understand it under the new covenant. Uh, There's a lot of questions and sometimes it can be controversy around it. But usually that's out of a misunderstanding of the kingdom of God. And so we study so we can clear out the misunderstanding and walk in the principles of what God's called us to do. Have you know God did not give Christianity as another religion? with a bunch of ritual, just because that's what men are supposed to do, follow some kind of religion, some kind of ritual, and God wanted a piece of the pie. No, God is the creator of all things. And dead religion is simply the enemy's way to distract us from the living word of God. Even those that were considered not to be a false religion, as the scribes and Pharisees, Jesus was addressing them saying, your traditions made my word null and void. They had the true word. It wasn't even a false religion. It was the true word. But they had so focused on the doings, they lost sight of the person of God. And we want to make sure we don't land up in that situation. So we are looking at that. I want to focus now on this concept that he spoke about a rest for us to enter into. Everybody say rest. Because he comes down to uh, verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent. To enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. So notice, this rest doesn't happen just because you go to sleep. This rest doesn't just happen because you stop moving. This is a rest that we determined to enter into. So how do we enter into that? Well, we've been having a look at that in the morning. There's a lot of to study on that, and I encourage you to go back and have a look at that. But I want to look at it from the perspective of what we did study this morning. We saw in Leviticus chapter 25, this is God setting up Israel with certain standards. Now let me say this before I carry on. Because if we don't understand where God's coming from, it will look like He's got a whole bunch of rules and He's got to keep us under control. And if we don't, then He will destroy us. You know, the wages of sin is death. You obey me or I'll kill you. That's not God. I said that is not God. God is love. And even love himself will protect. If someone decides they don't want to serve God and you tell them that they want, are you going to go to hell? And some people say, but who would want to do that? I had a conversation with somebody once. They decided they've done, they finished, they're over. And I, and I sat talking to them in every way that I could possibly try uh, to help them. But eventually I got to a point by the Holy Spirit, I just said to him, now, please help me here because I want you understand what you're doing. You're walking away from the living God. So literally you're walking towards the gates of hell. And I'm standing in your way. 
And your next step is into the flames for eternity. And you're going to say to me, Pastor Allen, please step out the way. I want to step straight into hell. And they said, that's exactly what I'm saying. I did not expect that answer. But it shows you how when the enemy gets hold of someone, how they can have such a reprobate mind, they, they just lose sight of what's been said. And I know they may have said that to, to, to try and shut me down, but if you understand the depth of what was said. And so there's, there's more to life than just staying out of hell. God has designed, He's given you Jesus to save you from hell into eternal life. But not only that, life has principles to it. And every natural person even knows that. You, 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 you do your best not to stay underwater too long. Because you know you're going to need to breathe some fresh air. You, you, you make sure you don't jump off buildings because you're not too high. Come on, you understand? Because gravity is in place. And all those laws of physics work together. And if you use them correctly and you, you do it accurately then you can use it to your advantage and not land up hurting yourself. Well, the whole spirit realm is governed by laws. There's the law of faith the word talks about. And then when you say law of faith, you don't think of legalism. You don't think of thou shalt and thou shalt not. What's faith mean? It means there's a law that if you do this, this is the result. You apply this, you'll see a result. Uh, call on me and I will answer. So your seed, you will multiply. Lay hands on the sick, they will recover. There's, there's, a, there's an action and then a reaction. And so the same way when we talk about laws, yes, there are the Levitical laws. And, and you understand there was certain statutes that they lived by as a nation of Israel. But there's also covenant principles. And God's now talking about this principle of the Sabbath, this concept of seven. Everybody say seven. And the Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, say to them, When you come into the land which I give you, then the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field. Six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruit. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land. A Sabbath to the Lord, you shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. What grows of its own accord of your harvest, you shall not reap nor gather the grapes of your untended vine, for it's a year of rest for the land. Now this comes off him first having explained the concept of working six days and then on the seventh day, resting. Remember, we had a look at the manna that was poured out. And Moses gave the instruction that you must bring in a omer of manna, which is about two kilograms of manna. Every day you go out, there's enough food for everybody. There were some that took less and some that took more, but they all landed up eating the same anyway, whatever they needed. And then those that thought, well, this is going to probably be the last, and they need to take extra, then they don't have to go out and work tomorrow, whatever. But when they woke up the next morning, there were worms in it, and it stank. So you had to take just what you needed for the day. And then on the sixth day, God said, now gather twice as much. And by gathering twice as much, your mind could say, because he says, tomorrow you're not working. Well, but, you know, up till now, everything we kept over had worms in it. 
But they woke up the next morning and there were no worms. And God gave the instruction to rest. Everybody say rest. Of course, there were those that thought, well, they didn't take enough yesterday. You must go and fetch some today. And they went out and there was nothing on the field. So you understand, God is explaining a principle here. And so uh, there's so much that we're going to look at in detail. We'll look at that next week, Sunday morning. But I want to get to this point of why this principle works. How does it work? Because now he goes on and he says, yeah, he's talking about a field. If you come down to verse 18, he says, You shall observe my statutes, keep my judgments and perform them, and you will dwell in the land in safety. Everybody say safety. That's God's desire. It's for you to experience his peace. And he says, yeah, then the land will yield its fruit. You will eat your full and dwell there in safety. Say, eat to your full. And if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year, since you've told us not to sow nor gather in our produce in that seventh year, I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year. And it will bring produce enough for three years. Everybody say three years. Now, why three years? Well, the sixth year, they have to live off that food. Then the seventh year, they're not going to farm the land. They need to eat of that, which means they didn't plant any crops, which means they've got to get through the eighth year, because that eighth year, they're going to be planting crops, and that crop will only come up in the ninth year. Everybody got that? Didn't lose anybody? Some people, you just mention maths and then, <laughs> and then it's, <laughs> but I think I explained it clearly. Amen. Verse 22, you shall sow in the eighth year and eat the produce, the old produce until the ninth year, until its produce comes in, you shall eat of the old harvest. Now, the reason I'm taking time to emphasize this because I wanted you to see the process. So, so far we've had the six days and then the seventh day doing nothing, but there's enough to take you through the seventh day until the next day. But now that's been translated into years where for six years you work the field and eat, but in that sixth year you'll have three years of harvest so that you can get through the seventh year and through the eighth. You're getting that. So sixth year, you eat of that one. Two is seventh year. And three is the eighth year. And then year nine. So that's why I want you to get a hold of. That's three years harvest. Okay. Then God takes it further. Come and have a look at verse seven. Verse eight. And you shall count seven Sabbaths of years for yourself. Everybody say seven Sabbaths. And notice, yeah, the Sabbath is no longer talked about as one year, uh, as one day, or even one year. Now we've got seven Sabbaths of years. And those seven years in the time of the seventh Sabbath of the years, that shall be you 49 years. So seven times seven is 49. Seven-year cycle, another seven-year cycle, Seven times, that's 49 years. Everybody say 49 years. 
Then you cause the trumpet of the jubilee. Everybody say jubilee. That'll sound on the 10th day of the seventh month on the day of atonement. You shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all your land and you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. And each of you shall return to his possession. Each of you shall return to his family. And the 50th year shall be a jubilee to you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows of its own accord, nor gather the grapes of your untended vine, for it is the jubilee. It shall be holy to you, and you shall eat its produce from the field. Now, when you study out that jubilee, what God meant in returning your field and returning to your family is that each family was given a portion of land. God intended for everybody to share in the economy of Israel. But as things got tough and one family struggled more than another, they would eventually sell pieces of that land off to make ends meet. And so all over the years, they would land up with less land than they had. Uh, others, when they felt they didn't have enough land or they maybe sold all the land, then they would give themselves as slaves to somebody and say, let me work for you. But you see, God doesn't want anybody under He delivered them from slavery. He delivered them so that they didn't work another man's land, that they could have their own land. And so no matter what hardship befell on a family, He always made sure that by the end of those 49 years, they would proclaim a year of jubilee. And if you had any land that you had got from someone else, you had to return it back to that person. Uh, you had to let me go. Even though I made you, a you made me a slave, I worked for you up till the year of Jubilee. Then you set me free and I go back to normal and we start again. And that's the principle. But you notice what I want you to also see in this year of Jubilee, everybody say acceptable year of the Lord. That's what they called it. And so in this acceptable year of the Lord, this year of Jubilee, listen to the, 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 what happened to the fields. Remember the seven years? When did you reap three years of harvest? On the sixth year. Isn't that right? And then the seventh year you didn't have to reap. Right? That took you into the eighth year. And you could live through that. But now when you reach the end of 49, so on the last year of 49, the year before that, you're supposed to get three years of harvest. Right? That will take you into year seven of the 49. So, six years. You're in the sixth year, you reap three times. Four years, seven. Now, imagine that's the last seven of the 49. So, that means in year 48, you're supposed to reap three years. That'll take you into year 49, where you rest. And then you're going to work through the next year, but you're going to start sowing there. Isn't that right? So that you're ready for year nine. But that's the year of Jubilee. So there's no sowing there either. You, 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 you got it. <laughs> Did you get that? So that tells me that that year... 48, you're about to hit 49th year. 
It's not three years. Now you need a four-year harvest. God's setting you up for huge income. Because he knows you're going to go through. But it's not times of famine. It is a chosen time to say, God, we're going to prove to you we love you. We know you will look after us. You'll take us through the Sabbaths. You'll take us through the seven Sabbaths. You'll take us through the seven years. And this is the year of Jubilee. And during Jubilee, we got no worries. Doesn't matter if we're supposed to be working, whatever. You have returned all the debt. You've set us free. My family's come home. We got more produce in our fields than we could ever imagine. There's more produce in the barns than we could ever imagine. Everybody's looked after that's what Jubilee meant to them. You've got to see this from the perspective, hear it from a Jewish mindset. That Jubilee was, it's just, it's, they don't have to think about anything. God has set everything in place that you don't have to worry about a thing. It's His Jubilee. He's made sure you're abundantly provided for. Here's the thing. Usually, if you were Jewish at that time, you'd only experience one jubilee in your lifetime. Think of, you know, if you're born towards in the middle, you're only going to get through maybe one, maybe a second jubilee. I mean, to get to three jubilees, you're going to have to be like 150 years old. You're getting this. So, it was a unique experience, but one you could... Everybody spoke about it, and those that had experienced the last one said, you can see it, it happened, so stay. And so you can imagine the anticipation they lived with. Everybody say anticipation. And then comes Jesus, Luke chapter 4. So Jesus, verse 16, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, as was his custom. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. You're in slavery? I've come to set you free. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the tent and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began to say to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Listen to what a Jewish person heard. They may be waiting. When's the next Jubilee? Well, we're still counting down. And Jesus stands up and says, hey, listen, Jubilee may be 20 years ago, 30 years to go. I don't know what point it was, but he says, I want you to know I'm calling Jubilee today. 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 And he says the scripture is fulfilled. In other words, whenever you read that, it's today. I said, whenever you read that, it's today. What's today? And then add one to the calendar. What do we call that? No, 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 no. Like Sunday's now. Monday's coming. What do we call that? Tomorrow. 
But you're going to go to sleep and you're going to wake up and you're going to rename it today. And then go read that scripture. It's still today. Family of God, Jesus has called you into an eternal jubilee. Can you see that? See, with God, He takes time out of the equation. The woman with the issue of blood, you've heard me say it many times before. She said, if I can touch the hem of His garment, I'll be healed. And she got to the garment, she touched it, and she was instantly healed. And Jesus said, who touched me? And she said, well, everyone, they said, everyone's touching you. But then she admitted to it. And he heard the whole story and said, woman, your, your faith. What's faith? It's believing what God has said and calling it into today. Because the word says, by his stripes. You were healed. He hasn't physically gone to the cross yet. But you see, in God's mind, Jesus was crucified before he said, let there be light. And that faith alone said, I'm prepared to give you your manifested natural healing on credit. Because your faith was strong enough to take what was going to be yours. And bring it into the now. So you don't have to wait 50 years. For Jubilee. When do you need Jubilee? So take it. You take it. It is yours. See I, I want you to see it from that perspective. Because when you see what Jesus was talking about here in Isaiah 61. That's where he read from. Remember he closed the book. But as we've already studied. The word says that he, where he put down the book. He was in the mid sentence. Mid verse. And it says here. He says. Isaiah 61 verse 1. Spirit of the Lord's upon me because he's anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the broken heart, proclaim liberty to the captives, opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's where he closed the book. But we keep reading. And that is now the ministry of the latter rain. This is the Holy Spirit now. Now I want you to think of Jubilee. In other words, whatever you need, if you're in bondage, you call on Jubilee. If you owed property, you call on Jubilee. If you've been captured, you call on Jubilee. And that's why it says, yeah, and as you do that, the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins, raise up former desolations, repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers will stand and feed your flocks. The sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers, but you shall be named the priests of the Lord. I'll call you the servants of our God. You'll eat the riches of the Gentiles, in their glory you shall boast. Now listen to verse 7. Instead of your shame, double honor. Instead of confusion, rejoice in their portion. And in their land, 
possess double everlasting joy shall be yours. Everybody say jubilee. Don't you think they celebrated when the family came home and they got their fields back? That's what God's ordained for you. Hallelujah. Now the point I'm making here, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. You heard me say it, that obedience is God's greatest, uh, God's greatest pleasure is to be believed. Say so that God's greatest pleasure is to be believed. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Without faith it is. Impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And with that in mind, look at the next verse. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There's no creature hidden from his sight. All things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom he must give account. Seeing then, we have a great high priest. Who's that? Jesus, the Son of God. Seeing that we have a high priest, what must we do? Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Family of God, I want you to see the flow. God gives a promise of rest. And that rest is talking about jubilee in action. In that 50th year, I mean, everything says they should be running out of food by now. But they're not going to work because it's a year of jubilee. They should be working to pay off their debt. They don't have to. It's been returned. We should be paying off the, you know, whatever's needed to free that person from slavery. You don't have to. It's paid. So it's done. There's absolutely nothing you are, what this year God's saying, I, all I want you to do this year is worship. Jubilee, it speaks of celebration. It, it's just this year is a year to put all the work aside and just praise me and worship me. And then when we see in Hebrews talking about labor to enter that rest. So what's your labor to enter rest? Jubilee. Celebrate. Praising God, worshiping God, trusting Him. How do you do that? Hold fast your confession. Hold fast your confession. Now you understand why Jesus would say things. Whatever you ask when you, when you pray, believe you received it and you will have it. How do I prove to Him I believe I've received it? Because I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to act like it's actually done. I'm going to praise Him and worship Him. He says, whatever you ask, my Father will make sure it's done so that your joy may be full. Jesus says, whatever you ask, I will do it that the Father be glorified. Can you see all the scriptures are based around saying, just trust me. Hallelujah. 
you can think about it in the natural. If, if I walked up to you and said, how much do you owe on your house, your car, all your clothing accounts, and you know, all those credit card debt and everything. Just tell me your entire debt situation. And you tell me, and right there, I'd do an EFT transfer for you. Let me, let me, let me find out. What, what do you think your reaction would be? No, no, no. Don't lie in church. You're really going to, oh, thank you, Pastor. Be honest now. If I walked up and you looked at your back, everything cleared. I made sure it's done and it's brachis, it's done. No, no, not I will and then give up. No, you see me do the transfer and everything's cleared. Tell me what you would do. What's happening? Jubilee. Isn't that right? Yubel. That's, that's the Hebrew word. It, uh, come on. Jubilee. Celebration. Praising God. Well, God says by His stripes, you've been healed. He says you're free from all sin. You are forgiven. He's cleansed you of all unrighteousness. He supplies your every need. Do you believe that? So what are you going to do? And I can promise you, you're going to tell at least one person. If I paid off all your accounts. Isn't that right? You put the phone out, next phone is someone else. Hey, come on, isn't that right? What are you going to do? Start telling people. You're holding fast to your confession. See, I'm not getting excited when it shows up. I'm excited because he said, it's done. And if you believe that, you're going to act like that. You're going to give Jesus praise. You're going to tell other people about it. You're going to put into action the law of faith and speak as if though it's done. Because family... It is done. Stand to your feet and give Jesus praise tonight. How do you believe your jubilee is? Yeah. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. I don't think there was one sad person walking around Israel during the year of jubilee. Amen. Only people sad would be Selfish people. We hadn't been taught properly. I've got all this land, now I've got to give it away again. No, no, you willingly give it because you know your land is blessed. Your land will produce more. I can tell you now, those that try to bypass that system and keep all the land for themselves, wrote a curse on it. Amen. I don't have time to teach on that. There's plenty of scriptures about that. But the point I'm making is everybody was walking around celebrating. The children have come home. Uh, you, your husband came home. He was working down, you know, for someone else. And now he's back. And we can get back to living as a family. Uh, raising our children and working our own lands. And am you ready for your lands? You have land owed to you. Everywhere you put your foot, God has given you. 
Amen. God's giving you a portion of land. And I'm here today to tell you, to decree it as a prophet of God. This is your jubilee. Jubilee is here. Now claim it. See, there's a key. Without faith, it is to please God. He who comes to God must that he and believe he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, some people will look at me and say, I, I just don't I just don't believe that. Okay. I feel for you. Because that means you have to solve your problem on your own. But those that do believe. So you need to claim it. Get out. Take a hold of it. And say that is mine. And I'm walking in it. So what's happening? This whole system of sevens is going into action. God's designed the system that way. Hallelujah. A pilot does not have to work. You do, I mean, you think of some of those planes. I mean, if you think of a little aircraft, you know, these things that they put uh, like a, a wing on it and then a lawnmower motor on the back. You can pick that thing up off your trailer on your own almost. Isn't that right? Set it up on the beach and off you go. But you take a jumbo jet, a big 747, or, are you with me? You talking about multiple tons. No pilot is picking that up. So when he guns that thing down the runway, when he gets to the end of that runway, he can almost just use a few fingers and pull back on that yoke. Just the knowledge, if I pull on this, thousands of tons gets lifted. Not because he's strong. The law lifts it. Family God, the law of confession, the law of praise, the law of worship, the law of jubilee has been declared by Jesus. Lift your hands right now and just receive, receive, receive it, receive it. You can't work this. They didn't work. That whole year of jubilee, they didn't go in the field. They were not, they were not permitted to work their field. And yet they've ate out of that field. Think about that. Year 48, year 49, year 50, and year 51. They ate out of that field. No work. The law works. They trusted God. It's the same field that they had to work every year to get harvest out of. Now the field... The field's giving the healed. Why? Because the field knows better than some of us. This earth knows better than some of us. But we're learning the system. And the, that earth is our servant. It's been given to man. Given to you. So now, you speak. You show God you believe. You believe. You believe. You believe, you believe, you believe. Hallelujah. Just receive it now. There's still too many here standing. You, there's tension in you.
because you worry. You go, I hope this is true. No, let it go right now. Just say this with me. Father, this is my jubilee. I believe it. And I receive it. Right now, I roll this care onto you. There's nothing more for me to do. I've worked my field. I've done my part. I do go to work every day. I've sown my seed. I've put my part in. Now I trust you. You said Jubilee's at work. I know. Now this is not everybody, but some of us will need to say it, but I think we're all involved somewhere along sometime. So even if you're totally debt free, just say it with us so that we don't put anybody in the spotlight who's speaking. Just say this. I've been in debt. And I recognize. I caused that. I did that. But you forgave me. You called Jubilee. And Jubilee is the resetting. The forgiveness of debt. And so I, re I walk away from that debt. And I thank you. I am now free of that debt. And I thank you for sending the resources. I receive wisdom, correct application, and I see myself free from debt in the name of Jesus. And I thank you. This is my jubilee. I receive it in the name of Jesus. You believe that? Shout amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.